Welcome to Full Circle with Lika, a place of self-expression and holistic exploration of the human experience. I am honored to welcome you on this journey towards liberation, joy, and freedom. Make yourself comfortable as we dive deep into spirituality, mindset, self-development, and random stories filled with life lessons. Let's step together in that space where we get to unleash our own magic. Welcome to a new episode of Full Circle with Lika. We haven't had a guest in a long time and today I am so, so excited and my heart is in full expansion because I have the beautiful Peyton with me. Welcome on the podcast. I'm so Hello. blessed to have you here. <laughs> hey sister. You are just a magical fairy being introducing you it's gonna be uh, really hard with humans words because you're just this magical very luminous being being in your field is so special so you're an artist you're a photographer you're a woman a work facilitator and you do many many things you express your codes and your essence in so many beautiful ways that we're going to have the occasion to dive into during this podcast. But just to give a sense of how I see you, I perceive you, it's really those angelic vibes and frequency that you have. You are such a deeply inspiring being for the way you show up on online, especially in your, your Instagram. It's just pure art is like Mm. jumping into and swimming in a vortex of love and passion and empowerment and everything that you channel is around beauty I love those beauty codes and again very connected to nature and the feminine so yeah basically you're just a magical angelic being and I'm so happy to have you on the podcast so welcome 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 Mm, thank you sister (laughs) I would love for you to guide us a little bit on so you're you're making beautiful piece of art and that's how I personally found you on social media Like in the days, I was like, oh my God, those paintings. So I would love to for you to guide us into how you came to be that artist. How, what is your inspiration? What is your story? How did you came to express yourself in that way? Mm. Well, thank you for how you see me too. I think I told you earlier that you really speak my love language like the words of affirmation I'm like oh yeah tell me all the good things oh yeah as far as my art it's really been a lifelong journey I feel like I've always been an artist and um kind of like a a mystical being was always connected to mermaids and angels and elementals and I do feel like They've influenced my my art quite a bit. I feel like it really started to become very grounded or like this is like something I fucking love. And in college, which was 2013, I uh, wanted to be a fashion designer originally. And I went to I was going to a community college and they didn't have a fashion program. So they were like, here's a list of classes you can take that will transfer over when you want to transfer to this other school for fashion. And I was like, cool, cool. And I was like, drawing. Yeah, I'll take a drawing class. That sounds fun. I like to draw. And I took this drawing class and 
it, the first semester was so strange. I didn't really vibe with my teacher, but I really, I just loved being in an art class and he would not let us use color at all. And if you know my work, I use a lot of color and I, all semester I was like, can we use some color? How about these soft pastels? Those look fun. And then we couldn't use color literally until the very last assignment. And it was a color theory project. I blew it out of the water to not be so humble. I was just very like, holy shit, damn, I'm good at this. And I was like, I should pursue this. And I, it was a, it was a, the picture was a woman on a beach and the main colors were like orange and blue. And it was just so beautiful. Just the birthing process of it or the creation process of it was just it just changed me. I was like, wow, I, I want to learn how to do the figure. And I went to school the next semester and was like, I'm going to take figure drawing and learn the anatomy so I can just freehand some humans and really have this down. Like I want to have some visions and I want to create them and I want some knowledge. And so, yeah, I went to, I went to class. My teacher, who's a master, a freaking master of the arts, particularly figure drawing, he just goes up at the front of the class and he draws this immaculate, amazing figure. And then he points at it. And he's like, you want this? You're going to have to work for it. And he rips it up. And I was just like, oh, like on the edge of my seat, like, oh my God, yes, I want it. I want it. And yeah, I worked my ass off to study the figure in anatomy and kind of started to explore what my style was through just taking classes. And I started to become really influenced by my, my mushroom ceremonies. I would take these baths. I would set up these beautiful flower baths. And yeah, I would just fall in love with flowers and water and just be like, wow, I feel like I'm making love to nature. And I was like, I want to make art about this. And I started to kind of get into more of the erotic ways of art and just but it was in a very modest way that my first series was called seduced by nature and it was literally nature coming in to seduce a woman and it was all the stages of sex and like you had your foreplay just the really getting into it and opening up to it and then the orgasm and then the aftermath and the flowers of come all over her face and it's just a beautiful relaxation vibe and uh, yeah then it kind of started to shift I had my spiritual awakening and it was actually like it was really intense for me because our our sexual energy and our creative energy are the same as you probably know yeah and I had my spiritual awakening was base basically I, I was very sexually traumatized and really like my body like shut down a lot and I was brought to an ayahuasca ceremony nine days after getting out of the hospital from being assaulted and I came back from that ceremony totally changed and was like I just feel like I went through a really big death during it and it was very interesting to relate to my art after I was very resentful because I felt like okay like you were doing all this erotic art it was clearly taken the wrong way you don't need to do this you know and I kind of like disowned my art for a while and started doing all this plant medicine ayahuasca in particular and but it just kind of I'm just such a painter I there was a ceremony where I 
I really came back into my power and really experienced my soul on its like, wow, its fullest form. And I remember Monet washing through me, like in the, the, basically everything looking like this Monet painting. And it was just so beautiful. And I started having all these beautiful trips about being an artist and about how I was meant to be this like wealthy woman. And I wasn't meant to be living the way I was. And I was like, oh, okay. And I had to kind of find my way into creating creating art again, but I didn't know how. So I started to make really angry art. I would throw paint and scream at the canvas and put my nails through the paint and claw it and put dirt in it. And was just like, like I had to make ugly art for a while, which is just kind of like how a lot of my offerings kind of got birth. This is like, whoa, anger is really magical. Like if you let that shit express itself, like you can make some beautiful art. And then I, I started to revisit my my work and but it was in total like these totally new eyes in a totally different way and I started channeling because I really opened that up through the the spiritual work I'd started doing I became clairvoyant really tapped back into that gift and my paintings started to talk to me and teach me just like ayahuasca would I, I swear she would come through while I was painting and teach me and show me and they became such it became such a spiritual experience for me and it really taught me a lot about my spiritual gifts and how to how to talk to God and how to how to move through my emotions and and be a clear channel and really see magic I was receiving totems that would just they would be exactly what I needed. Like everything that would come through a painting, I would just be like in awe of how much I needed that medicine and and how effortlessly it came to me just through paint. Like it wasn't there and then it was a blob and then it was a dolphin. That's like the kind of long version of my art journey. <laughs> Love it. There is already so much I want to unpack because you brought so many themes into that because I'm fascinated about how you kind of make the connection between your spiritual journey, your sensuality and sexuality and your art. And also all of that being connected to your ayahuasca ceremonies and to mother earth. And I'll be curious to know what is that glue? What is the link? What is the connection between all of that? How can you, bring that into this one expression that you are because that's again that's I think I introduced you with using all this vocabulary around all of this and that's really what I love and what I'm fascinated about you is that you bring so much centrality and art and earth and spirituality how for you is it to connect all of that yeah for for me it is sexual healing like that is the common thread because it's it's everything like our like the earth she is sexual she like everything we are looking at has been birthed through this energy this this creative life force energy and it's all the same like like your creativity whether you're painting it is the same as sexual energy and i feel like everything that i offer is a prayer 
for that. The photography, for instance, I don't get together with someone and it's like, okay, we have 30 minutes. I'm doing an hourly. We're just go, go, go. I create a lot of like slowness and opening and just how you would let a pussy open up. Like the whole process and everything that I do is a devotion to sexual healing. Hmm. Does that make sense? Of course. And I'm curious to know because sexuality can still be a taboo for a lot of people in our society, Mm -hmm. especially people living in the West, in the nine to five kind of what we will call the matrix culture, where there is a distortion around what I believe is very sacred. Our sexuality, it's as you mentioned it, I believe it's this energy that from from which everything is born and everything exists and that we can tap into and create, whether it's art, just like the way you do it, or project or birth babies or birth anything that we want. Uh, but I'm curious to know how was your journey of sexual healing? Because what I've noticed with my clients when they come to me and even my friends, like I don't think I know one woman that didn't have some sort of trauma, whether it's like heavy sexual trauma or light trauma. But there is a distortion around that. And I'm curious to know if, if you experienced the same and how was your process and how would you guide someone that is at the very beginning of this journey? Yeah, no, it's definitely like, I definitely noticed the same thing and it's it's heartbreaking I could share my story and then girls are like, yeah, me, me too. And I'm like, fuck, man, that's, it's fucking hard. What the hell? You went through that too? Like, it's just like, it's not okay. And for me, my big medicine and where I started was feeling the not okayness of it. The anger, the anger was like such a big piece for me because I feel like I feel like we have such good girl conditioning like that this is not an acceptable emotion, but it literally is so sacred and can catalyze so much movement because underneath all anger is grief. And and that's okay. Like it's okay to experience these emotions and it's it's necessary. And if you don't experience if you don't let, give them an outlet of expression, which mine I'll say it was art and angry poetry, man. I would write some angry words. I would just write the most horrible stuff. But I mean, it was great. It was like poetic, but it was dark. And I really let myself go into expressing my grief around it, my anger around it, the fucked upness about it through art. Like really gave myself a healthy outlet, whether you're journaling or something, just tapping into the emotions and giving yourself a space to feel those like, and you don't have to paint, you could punch a pillow, you could, you could scream, you could get with your sisters. Cause as we're saying, like a lot of us has experienced this and have a, have yourself a grief circle, sit there and hold each other, witness each other, like take turns sitting in the middle, like, fuck, I'm sad. Like, fuck man. Like. And just cry and scream and let it out and let, like, even let others hold you in that and create safe spaces for yourself. Like, for me, I really had to step away from a lot of my interactions with men, too. And it wasn't that, like, all men are bad or anything, but I was attracting, I was attracting a certain frequency because I was so used to experiencing the sexual trauma. I was still attracting that, even within the conscious community. 
So I took some space. I took some space to like really like get in contact with girls and and or women, get in contact with women and just like, yeah, that that was very beneficial for me. And like I know that I do see people talk about like, oh, we shouldn't separate. We should come together and do the work together. But for me, that was essential. It was absolutely essential for me to like heal some things and, and get through my anger. And then the more I let myself go through that and start to rewire and look at the beliefs around what I was experiencing and like where these came from and where I picked them up, the, the more now, like the men in my life are absolutely divine. And yeah, I feel like, did I articulate that well? Yeah, sure. I love the idea of the grief circle. I I, I remember a year ago when I was uh, really going through that grief of my previous relationship, I couldn't hold myself and I never, ever experienced that much grief. And I've never experienced anger in my body either. And I was pretty convinced. And I would say that to everyone, like, oh, I know sadness. I know grief. I know how to be depressed. These feelings, I know them very well. But uh, my body doesn't really know anger. I don't think I have any anger. <laughs> and then I tapped into that very, very deeply repressed emotions. And I, I was like, holy shit. Just like you said, like, whew, tapping into that is the most liberating but also it's it was very scary for me in my case I'm curious to know how was this process of like connecting with that emotion for you and you mentioned going out of the good girl because like that's also I think one of the reason why we don't tap into that and we're convinced 100% that we don't have any anger inside of us and maybe some of your practices to unleash or tap or make it safe to tap into those emotions yeah so I can guarantee you firstly everyone's got some anger and like everyone it just doesn't matter what you're angry about someone's got it somewhere and for me it actually became like so I had I had something start developing in my my yoni and it was potentially cancerous so I literally thought I had cancer in my, my vagina. And I was like, holy shit. Oh my God. Like, fuck, what am I going to do? It felt life threatening to me. Like, even if it was something I could heal through, I was like, holy shit. So I started, I started sitting with medicine around that time too. I was like, what, what do I do? Like, what is this? Like, help me. Cause I, I really believed that the plants would help me heal. And like my big takeaway was like, no girl, you have all this resentment. You're not expressing it. And so there it is manifested into a cancerous form. Like you have to find a way to like move through your resentment. And so for me, I was like, my life depends on this. I had to find a way to express my anger. Like, like there was just like no, no questioning of like, like, is this okay to feel? I was like, fuck, I have to do this because my life depends on it right now. And And so what? Except from the art piece, like, do you have any other practices or rituals to be with that, to, to go through that healing of like not letting this anger literally becomes a disease in your body and, and, and take, takes over you basically, but actually like releasing it 
to alchemize it because that's what you've done, right? It's that alchemize process. Yeah. I mean, for me, it really was just letting myself feel, which I, it's like, how, how do I explain this? I feel like I've, I've, I've kind of touched on it. Like really like let yourself like write, write some angry letters. Like for instance, if you are a survivor or like if you've gone through sexual assault or sexual abuse, anything like that, write some angry fucking letters to these people. Anyone who ever did you wrong, write them some letters, write them a letter of anger and a letter of grief and a letter of gratitude and then burn it, burn it all. Like, because Mm. the gratitude might be like the hardest part, but like, if, if like for me, I, I am grateful and like, I know like at the beginning, so like if you're at the very beginning, you might be like, fuck that grateful for this. But I really, I wouldn't be the woman I am right now. I wouldn't be as powerful as I am if I, if I didn't go through all of the things I went through and I wouldn't be here talking to you, helping other people potentially get through their dark night of the soul or any kind of pain they might be experiencing but that's a that's a really good practice and yeah I love it also you mentioned in the very beginning your disbelief that so many so many women and myself included I went through that belief of like well almost like I asked for it like you said I was doing this erotic art and so it's almost like I've attracted that and the first thing you said about sexual healing was realizing how not okay it is So Mm -hmm. can you just dive a little bit more into that? I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. So I feel like, man, our whole culture, it really is like, I, I never understood this term, but it really is like rape culture. Like we're really conditioned to like, let's say from a young age, like you're taught that your boundaries aren't important. Like you're saying no, but maybe your parents are like, well, because I said so, blah, blah, blah. Or like just movies, a lot of movies, if you look at them, they're very much like the girls like, no, no. Like Star Wars is a good example. I think Princess Leia or yeah, she's like resisting Han Solo for like the very like first whole little bit. And then all of a sudden, like he just keeps pushing it and pushing it. And all of a sudden she's like, okay. And then like they're a couple or whatever. And it's really what angered me, I guess, and like the not okayness is just how normalized it is and how it's almost like acceptable in our society. So for me, a lot of my anger, while it was based on individuals, it was also like, oh, what the hell? What's wrong with our society that I could go through this and then let's say go to court and then they're like, well, what were you wearing? And where do you work? At the time I was a stripper. So none of this shit looked good for me. I was like, Oh Jesus. Like this is this, none of these are like invitations. That's the thing. And we're kind of like, kind of taught that they are in, in some ways. If you, if like, literally, if you just like observe, observe our media and all that, there's just so much like, girl, I can even like watch so much TV. Cause I'm like, what? Oh my God. Like, I can't believe this is so normalized. Cause it, it really is. And I, I think even some people who may sexually assault someone, they might not even think they're doing something wrong. Cause they don't understand that no means fucking no, because our society has been like, well, no, maybe means no, but usually it means yes. I, I truly believe that 
our society has so much to do with it. And that's, what's not okay is that it is normalized and there is a lot of victim shaming and a lot of people not believing victims too, like, which is another piece that's just like, that shit is not okay. Someone, someone went through something like it's like sexual assaults, the deepest violation that I know. It's like someone's entered into your body. Literally. Like, it's just, that's not okay. And how do you come back from that? How do you, by yourself, change those beliefs you mentioned, right? Like what kind of beliefs I was thinking I had to reprogram. Or I, I don't know if you use that term, but you, you mentioned yeah. that before you had some sort of beliefs and now you have other types of beliefs that attract different people and different experiences in your life. How was that process? What kind, Can you give us examples of what you may have had as beliefs before and what have changed? Yeah, well, I think something that's coming up, and I don't know if this is actually like your question, but like I, something that I realized was even though this, I was experiencing this through other people, like hmm, one of my biggest things that like really changed some shit for me was realizing that even though other people may have violated me, I violated myself and my boundaries way more than anyone ever did like by maybe like masturbating unconsciously and just like like going inside before I'm ready using a tampon and stuff like I I personally found my inner violator and that was a huge piece for me and rewriting some stuff because I I because I saw it in myself and I I realized like how innocent I felt in that I was like oh man but it looked almost like I didn't know better and so I I just started working on myself and my relationship with myself like cultivating my own inner man I guess like to re- to help me rewrite it I knew that if I wanted to see different things outside of what I'd already experienced like I needed to give myself those experiences so I needed to slow down for myself and and in masturbation and in pleasure. And for a long time, I, I didn't even masturbate. I just looked at my pussy and that's what it's like. I did like portraits of my, my pussy. And I feel like being able to become the, the, the person that you, that you want, or like what the, like being able to embody the experience that you wanted is like been a very big life changer for me. And I don't know that that was like the only factor. I've also like, I've also just done a lot of shadow work. Yeah. I say shadow work. I mean, like I really did find a lot of these things in myself, the things I was seeing in others. I, I did. And that's probably like a really hard thing for some people to be like, what? No, I ain't, I ain't doing that. Or like, I would never, but in some ways you might've, and it could be like super unconscious. Maybe in some ways we sexually violate the earth with how we walk upon her, like how conscious are you being when you interact with the space around you and just li- very little things and just taking those very little things and then they add up to bigger things. And uh, yeah, I also just, I rewrote some beliefs. I think I did EFT tapping for a little bit. It's called emotional freedom technique. I think that's what it stands for. And personally, someone I recommend for this is Teddy Emerald. I don't know if you follow her. She's T-E-D-D-I 
dot emerald like a stone emerald on Instagram and she she really helped me with some of this stuff I felt like but just like exploring these things and just looking at your beliefs and what you do is you tap on the meridians it's like so hard to explain I feel like watch a YouTube video on some EFT tapping and then like explore the beliefs that are coming up like like say you have like let's say for me I have pussy pain like where I did. And like, I would just tap on these meridian points and just be like, I feel anger. And I would just like, keep going and just follow whatever came up. Like now I'm jealous. And now I feel this. And what if this is okay that I feel this way? And like, what if I can let this go? Wouldn't that be so cool if I could let this go? But what if I can't? And like, just really like letting myself just experience the full validity of like, why I might believe what I do, tracing it going back to like my childhood and like seeing where I first picked up these beliefs. Like I really thought that I needed to sell my body for a long time. And that was how I would make my way in the world. And that's a belief I picked up. So just finding that and then rewriting it and, and choosing a different story being like, yeah, I see that you believed this, but now, now I'm going to choose a different belief. And like, you have to be like religious about it. Like every day you got to be rewriting these things when they come up. Like it's a moment by moment thing. It's not just your journaling practice. It's like, I see this belief in this moment going its way out. Can I choose differently? Yeah. I love, I love that about you. It's your, your ability to dive so deeply into everything that you do into everything that you feel I think it's it might be so natural for you you might a part of you might be like yeah I know I'm doing that but do I (laughs) but this is really what you're to me you're the embodiment of that the embodiment of holding polarities making everything okay about yourself and Mm -hmm. I love how you know that was expressed like the degree and the depth of accountability and responsibility and ownership when you said, well, first I had to look at myself and how much I violated myself before anyone else. And big, big ownership of your part, plus also being like the compassion part of like, I didn't know better because as you mentioned way before, it's so normalized. And like, if you don't have access to this information, where do you find it? When it's so deeply wired in ourselves, in everything that we consume from childhood that, yeah, boundaries, whatever. So I, I really, really love that about you, this, this ability to be with it and to be committed and to be rewriting the things that you, you saw coming up to the surface. Something else I also noticed was I really enjoyed being a victim. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. like probably really hard for some people to look at. It was definitely hard for me to look at. I don't know if you read the book Existential Kink, but I was like, damn, part of me really gets off on this shit. Like, I really like this. People having all this pity on me. And like, you know, of course, it's like it's, it's subconscious. Like consciously, I'm like, what the fuck? Fuck this, you know? And then subconsciously, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, take pity on me. Take care of me. I don't want to work. I want to like be sad. And because I went through this, I have permission to be sad and be a bum and, you know, not live up to my full potential. And yeah, like it was almost like a part of me, like used my trauma to like not, not be 
in my power or like not do a lot. Like I was almost like used it as a permission slip from laziness in some ways. I was like, well, I'm depressed because I went through this and, you know, which is valid. And like, I, I'm a firm believer that you should not rush someone through their victim conscious consciousness, because a lot of people did tell me that I was being a victim for a while. And I really, it really hurt. I was like, damn, I feel like so invalidated right now. (laughs) And like, this shit really does hurt. And like, I think there's a point where you will get tired of your stories and your shit and your excuses. And like, you'll be like, wow, you know what? It might be cool if I actually like didn't let this affect my whole entire life. Like, and of course it hurts. Of course. Like, and like, don't let that person have that much power over you. Like, you know, like it's, it's, but it, you know, you can't rush to get to that point. There was an organic point in my journey where I was like, wow, I really identified with this. And it would be really cool if I just, you know, like I acknowledge my story and I acknowledge the pain and I'm kind of ready to like live differently or like have a, a more fulfilling, fun life. That's like not based on holding my trauma or identifying wow. with it, you know? Yeah. Very, very powerful. I was yesterday working with a client on this very topic and I've been through that myself where I really enjoyed being a victim because it gave me a sense of existence like I was existing through those stories of like Mm -hmm. what happened to me and my traumas and why this and why that so I definitely definitely relate to that and I think it's very powerful the way you brought it of also you know being a coach myself I tend to get pissed off you know if I see people or friends or family or clients like being so much in their victim and and you can really witness it then I get like you know I want to push them and rush them and that's something I've learned as well is like hey (laughs) breathe because like you were there and no one can really push you out of this I think what inspired me to come out of this victim and take better accountability and responsibility and ownership for myself and go out of this victimhood was really to see other people doing it, not people telling me to do it, but I learned through examples. Yeah. And honestly, like, what does that even mean to not be a victim? Like for me, like when I was like in my victim, I was like, what do you even fucking mean? Like, just let me fucking have my, my fit. Okay. Let me just be not okay. And that's what I was saying. That's the first step. Let yourself be not okay. Like it's okay to be that. And it, it it's unfortunate that like in society, we're just not taught how to hold that. Like uh, it makes a lot of people really uncomfortable if you're not happy. <laughs> and like, if you're like being depressed and sad and angry and just have all your shit to process, like it just makes people uncomfortable. And I do recommend also therapy, talk therapy, having someone who can talk to you because it, it can be a lot for people to hold mm-hmm. and they're not trained to you. So they might not actually give you what you need by expressing it, you know? And I would love that we circle back to this connection to your yoni, to your pussy, and how how this unfolded, what kind of practice, what kind of journey you were on, 
and how you could, you know, if you were talking to your younger self that had no idea and no connection with your yoni, like what would you tell her? Oh, that's a good question. What would I tell her? Hmm. I got to kind of explore this. What would I tell my younger self? How sacred it is. I might sound like stereotypical, but I remember one of the first things I ever heard about the pussy was that it looked like an open wound. And I feel like I really took that. Like it was an open wound for me. And if I, if I could go back to my younger self, I would just tell her like how magical it was. Like everything I, I, I share now, like it through my art and through my offerings, it's just like, damn girl, like this is literally the bridge. Like, like new life would come through here. And that my, even my blood, my blood is just magical. And like, I would, I would love to tell my younger self about all the benefits of our blood and the, the ancient wisdom in our blood. And if you don't know, our, our blood is full of stem cells and things to make a baby. It's really, really, really potent magic. You can put it on your face and like, it can heal your skin. You can drink it. It can heal your body. It is a magic fucking thing. And, um, I would love to like empower my younger self with this knowledge and like, just kind of like take away the tabooness of it. Well, there are different pussies. I, I personally do have one of the ones that I have a deer pussy. I don't know if you know the different pussies. There's a little graph on it in this book called the sexual healing practices of Kodoshka. And it just shows like the nine different major archetypes of pussy, but I feel like if I could talk to all women, I would be like, by the way, there's like, you know, all kinds of different kinds of pussies. Like they're different. They're different. And there's only really one that's shown like in in the porn industry and stuff. And I would really like discourage looking at porn for any kind of reference because it's just like, I think that probably gives a lot of young women a really distorted view of their pussy. And how would you invite more sacredness into that relationship to our pussy? Because as you mentioned before, it was for me as well. In my journey, it was a lot of violation. I was putting tampons and I didn't even know what, you know, what I was putting in my, in my yoni. And I was not asking permission. I had no sense of boundaries or anything. And I, was completely disconnected and I know it's so now I'm I'm deep in this work so I feel like everybody has access to this knowledge and then I talk about a few people and I'm like oh no not everybody has access to this knowledge yet Mm -hmm. unfortunately I I wish we all had this sacred connection with our pussies and and it will be so fucking magical right we will have access to a lot of more of a power so how was your journey into bringing the sacredness into this relationship and the yeah. spiritual aspect as well? Yeah, I just want to acknowledge like that little piece that you just said, like sometimes we're so embodied in our work and like sometimes I do think other people, everyone knows this stuff and then I just realized it's just because we're, we're living it, you know, but yeah, my like are we talking younger self or just like where my journey began of bringing in sacredness? Yeah, you were your journey began and bringing that sacredness and that spirituality into your connection to your your pussy and your basically your sensuality, sexuality and and woman womanness, femininity. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like it's it's gone in some stages and I'll just break it down into some stages. So my first stage was just kind of looking at her. I made yeah. art about her to like, one, to like express what everything I was feeling. Like I would just put my pussy on like all my art, like whether it was like on my throat, on my heart, wherever. I would just put my pussy everywhere. And so I really got to deeply know my pussy through painting her. Because when you paint something, you, you spend so long looking and noticing all the different colors, the way your juices make highlights on your pussy and like on your lips. I really, I really got to know myself intimately by like spending hours, hours in dedication looking at her, just looking, observing, being able to translate that. And also looking in the mirror, I would look in the mirror and similar to like when I'm looking at a blob on a like if you're going to look at a blob of paper that has like it has a blob on it you're supposed to like see an image on it I would see the different kind of images I would see in my uni like I would depending on how I was sitting like there's like one way if I like put my legs up it looks like a heart and it's all pink and then my you know this might I'm going to veer into my butthole, but healing my butthole relationship was like also potent. Like by looking at it, it looked like, like butterfly-ish to me. Like I, I saw butterflies around my, my butt and like, just, just really spent some time, like seeing it as a beautiful thing. Like all the little perceived imperfections. I was like, wow, these are beautiful. Like that's really like a butterfly. And that's, heart and you know just kind of making it feel good to me and the flowers like seeing them as a flowers and just just looking at them and seeing pussy all around seeing her in trees seeing her in shells and just really looking at the visuals of of like where pussy is and my relationship to my pussy and like the second part I would feel like would be like I'm saying like a lot (laughs) It would be just bringing conscious, slow touch to your body. And I wouldn't even start with your yoni. If, you, if you've had trauma, I would just like massage your feet and, and just begin to, to build a relationship with your body and like see how slow you can go. Like, can you give yourself a, a full body massage and just like lay down with some candles and some really sexy music or meditative music and, and let your yoni be the last thing you you get to and don't even penetrate her. Do not go inside. Just give yourself permission to be slow. Just massage the outside of the lips and the inner part with the groin and the legs. And then when you are ready for penetration, I really just advise slowness, like do the whole full body massage and then do something that's called yoni mapping. And I would start with your finger and you basically it's, you go, you map each part of your yoni. So like kind of in a circle, it's hard to mm, describe this without having a visual. So uh, you go start at the entrance and and go in a full circle, press on each, each side of it and just notice what's the sensation. Is it pleasure? Is it pain? Is it numbness? Is it something in between? And you do that all the way down into your yoni as far as your fingers will let you. And you can also use a dearmoring wand. You can get one at 
Yoni Pleasure Palace, or I'm sure you can get them at a few different places at this this point now. Yeah, that that tool really helped me because because then you don't have to like bend your wrist. You can you kind of it's just a longer tool, and you can go all the way down into your cervix and just map it and and try that like three times a week for yeah, just try it three times a week. I wouldn't even put a time limit on it. I'd block out like a long window of time so you can not feel rushed and just let yourself explore. That makes sense. Yeah, beautiful. I love, I love everything that you shared. You know, with the first, it, it's for me it was the same journey, and that's also what I share with my clients a lot. Is going mm. through those stages of like, you know, starting with yoni puja, which is like worship of the yoni. So even if mm. you're not a painter and you don't get to paint her, but look at her in the mirror and 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 decide, decide to see it as a sacred portal and it's like sometimes I talk about all my pussy stuff with friends that are really not into this kind of things and they're like but what's the point and I'm like well I feel so much empowered and I feel like you know like empowered like really I I'm in my body and that's what you mentioned in the, the second stage you know it's like being in your body It's like reclaiming your body. Your body is yours first. I remember doing this um, dance class. It was like a workshop. And like the woman that leaded this workshop was epic. And she, was, she made us grab her butt and be like, this is yours before anyone else. Just fucking feel it and touch it and like grab mm. it. Like it's your butt. And it was like, it was grabbing my butt. I'm like, this is my butt. <laughs> It feels so good to just have this body reclamation. Like, this is mine. Mm -hmm. And with everything you shared before, I think when we're young and, and, and we grew up in this society where crossing boundaries is normal and, like, you know, this fairy tale painting of how women should exist in the world and everything, it's like, I, I think I gave my body even before I masturbated. So I gave my sexuality, I opened my sexuality to someone before I even like get in touch with my own sexuality, which is crazy when I think about it, but mm. seems so normal back in the days. And I was like, this is how it should be, you know? And for the, the, the third stage of yoni de-armoring and, and yoni mapping, I think it's, it's very powerful. And it goes back to everything you were sharing before of being with the feelings and everything is okay. It's like you may feel some pleasure in one point and next point you feel a lot of fear or, you know, it awakens a lot of emotions. Like how many times I cried and released <laughs> so much energy from it. And it's, it's a very sacred practice, I think, that I would invite anyone, any pussy owner to go yeah. into if they're not already into that. Yeah. I like how you talk about it being like this kind of uncomfortable process too. Ways I, was, I don't know if that was the exact word to use, but for, for me, I know there were some moments, I mean, a lot of moments along this journey. Like it, it sounds a lot lighter than what I'm describing, but it truly was like uncomfortable for me to do this work and like to feel all this stuff. Like it, like just to validate anyone who might do this and, you know, listen to this and be like, okay, I'm going to go try these things and be like, ah, oh, it <laughs> is a lot. It is a lot. It is like the hardest work I've ever done. 
ever. And it's, it's also like the most rewarding work too. Cause I, I'm seeing the results in my life of, of feeling like, like you said, like empowered in my body. And I think so many of us are disassociated. And so it, it is important to do this, this work, mm-hmm. you know, live your life. A hundred percent. And I'm curious to know also your relationship with, so not just your pussy, but the whole sensuality aspect, because you're, again, just the embodiment of sensuality. And it, like, sensuality is second nature or like first nature. I do believe it's first nature for everyone. But when we enter your world, it's so normalized and it's so okay. And again, seeing the contrast of, you know, people like grew up around or where it's, it's super taboo and it's super like, you know, like big eyes kind of like, oh my God, what, you know, can you express it? Can you show it? Can you embody it? Can you be connected to this thing that is centrality? So my question for you would be like, what is centrality for you? I would love to know like how you approach it, how you see it and how you became this embodiment and this okayness uh, with your own expression of of sensuality yeah my my relationship with sensuality is is if you, if you break down the word well I don't know the actual breakdown of it but <laughs> to me it is senses like think of your five senses like touch and smell and sight and feeling what's the other one <laughs> why am I blanking on them now Oh, hearing and hearing, hearing. (laughs) I'm like, what's the other sense? Yeah, sensuality to me is literally just being in my body and experiencing the senses, like, well, like smelling my food before I eat it and, and feeling, feeling myself chewing it. And I was even telling you right before we got on this, like I, about the headphones and how I could hear myself breathing because we didn't have music. I have these wireless headphones and I keep them on sometimes while I eat because I can like hear myself chewing. And it's like, it just makes me feel like so into my food. It's like, so like, I'm so enveloped in the experience of eating because I can hear it. I can smell it. I'm like in my food experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's literally just getting in your senses. And to me, sensuality is slow because you're taking the time to to get into all five of these aspects and maybe maybe even beyond. Also, like I feel like environment, I guess this goes along with sight, but creating an environment where I feel like my senses are really invited to take in the experience like having candles, incense and crystals and just things that make me like maybe want to touch them like flowers or really soft bed sheets and soft fabrics that I'm wearing on my body. Just really living a sensual lifestyle for me is about creating as much sensation as I can that feels good to me. Yeah, love it. I, I, I relate to my own sensuality the same way. And I'm curious to know this aspect of this ability that you have to show it to the world because not everybody can be in there. 
sensuality and being seen in it? Mm, like how am I able to do it? Yeah. Honestly, I just think it's in my nature. I have seven aspects in Scorpio and my ascendance of Pisces. So I kind of feel like it's just kind of like that. So my sun and moon are Scorpio, like the first like four planets, everything's like shoved up in the Scorpio house. Like it's just like this energy feels very natural to me. And I think just being an artist, it it feels right for me to express it but it has it definitely has been a journey of learning how to do that like even even though it like comes naturally to me there is like all this like like slut shaming kind of beliefs and fears of being seen because I have experienced sexual assault like I'm like oh man like are are men gonna see my posts and like slide into my dms and like be weird you know (laughs) like it's been a process uh, of really just it's almost like it's been baby steps for me Uh, like you know what you're seeing now has been like the evolution of like me wearing baggy clothes at first but still kind of talking about my sexual healing journey in real time I've been sharing about my sexual healing journey since I started from the very beginning I was like look I feel like somebody should talk about this This is what I'm experiencing in real life like this is me real time moving through it and so it started off very I don't want to say vanilla but what you're seeing now is a more fully expressed version and even even now I still definitely have resistance that comes up like I sent you that picture of of me with the seashell pussy thing you know, that picture, I like when Mm -hmm. I first like made that or when I first edited it and thought about sharing it, I was like, Oh my God, like this is going to really attract some weird energy. And like, like, I hope no one like, you know, I I was really afraid of like men in this post, like in sharing this picture, I was like, Oh man, like this is very out there for me. But I kind of looked around for some permission slip, which is really funny. I was like looking at all these other women who I knew were like in this, I guess, niche or realm. And I actually couldn't find anything that was quite as provoking as this. And I was like, oh, I was like, I just got to give myself the permission. (laughs) And I like made some like I made a graphic out of it that I sent you like I like kind of I worked through I worked through it in layers. So like let's just use this example of I use this, I, I put a seashell over my yoni and I have my legs spread and it's like I'm fingering the shell and it's very like erotic. And like what first made me feel comfortable with the idea is I did a photo collage around it. I put all these flowers and like a waterfall coming out of it. And for me, that was like, okay, it's kind of like, it's like having more clothes on or something. It's like, I put on a sweater, <laughs> my mm. graphic, you know, and that, that I like undressed it a little bit by like keeping the original image that I really liked and, and making a little Canva pussy portal slide. And then I got really into it. And when I, when I did all, when I let it be a creative experience for my brand and this offering I was coming out with I was like wow this is just such a this photograph is so sacred to me I was like this is so okay to share I was like this is very like activating and but it really took me like 
a process to get to that point because it's like an edge for me. I've never shared something like this, or maybe I have, but it it can be uncomfortable, but you kind of show yourself that it's safe. And, and if it's, if you don't want to share something, you don't have to. Yeah. Like, like share, like not everyone's going to be inspired to share their sexual energy. Sometimes it is just for you and that's okay. Yeah. I love this story, this anecdote about the picture, because I was so surprised when uh, you kind of asked me, do you think it's okay or it's too much for Instagram? And I'm like, I'm like, go for it. I'm like a hundred percent behind. I'm like, it's so you to share that. It's so inspiring. And like, you know, more people sharing arts about, like, I just, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with, you know, feminine embodiment art and like everything that channel the pussy and, and sensuality and eroticism. So I was very like, oh my God, like it's, it's, you know, it's interesting to know the story behind and like your own inner process. Cause when we see people that are, you know, talking about this, embodying this openly, we tend to forget that it was not always like this, that there is still those fears, there is still insecurities, there is still like a desire to feel safe. And what you mentioned, you know, the fear of like, well, dude, like slide in my DMs for it. This is still like very deeply programmed in us, you know, which is crazy when you think about it. Yeah. I'm curious to know, do you experience a lot of like dudes sliding in your DMs because of your <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about it as it ca- as it came up. I have like, you know, like those message requests. I have like <laughs> a stash of dudes in there that I just don't approve their messages. And, and sometimes I block them, but I was thinking, of, I was like, man, I should hire a VA to literally just go like, you know, just be discerning on this part. Cause I just, it makes me uncomfortable. I block a lot of dudes and sometimes, sometimes I feel bad for it. I'm like, well, maybe they weren't weird, but they were a dude and they commented on my photo. But I, you know, some people just have creepy vibes and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what your intentions are, but you're an older dude who's very interactive with my work and it makes me uncomfortable. So I just, I block people all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever, dude, it's my space. And maybe if, you want those sexual healing codes, go to someone who can't monitor their account as well as I can, because I don't have like a super huge following at this point. So it's very easy for me to like notice when a, when a dude's up in there. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, I'm working on my people pleaser there. I've locked a lot of people and some people are still kind of brown. Cause I'm like, well, they seem nice, but I'm like, what are your intentions? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I also wanted to say something about you. Like I'm, I'm still scared all the time sharing things. And I think it's funny for people to like, look at people's social media and assume that they're fearless. Cause I feel like it's such a scary thing all the time. There's like new layers to it all the time. And then sometimes I feel really good being seen. And sometimes I'm like, Ooh, this is edgy. Yeah. yeah. I so deeply resonate with that. This, aspect of being seen and being witness in our expression is it's so interesting it has so many layers just as you shared I remember when I went through my own like sexual healing and and sexual liberation well it was a slow 
like in a process for a few years before it became kind of public. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And but I remember very clearly this day where I posted my bets for the first time on Instagram, and I was like, you know what? Like I know a lot of people are gonna leave, and maybe I will also attract uh, some, you know, people sliding into my DMs that I don't really, you know, want. But and and I remember vividly the strong reaction I got from people I knew. You know, like I don't, I won't call them friends at this point but people I was I thought I was close to and that really got extremely triggered by posting my butt and like stepping into like more nudity and more expression of my sexuality and I'm like fuck like I was sexual my whole life I've always been very sexual I've always been very connected to my sexuality not in a sacred way I was very unconscious before but still very open I, mm -hmm. I and with its very profound innocence that you also perfectly embody and talked about without mentioning those terms, but, you know, of coming with that curious mind and that innocent, like, yeah, it's like, duh, that's so normal, you know, like for me, it's normal and for you, it's normal, but I know for people and, and it's, it showed me that, yes, being seen, it's, it's scary. It's always, it always is, you know, to have, this attention and sometimes there is also another part of me just like you that is more of the you know the the actress like the the entertainer like I love to be you know like doing stuff like performing you know and it's it reinforced this knowing that when I don't know I had that quote that I I don't know if it's a quote it's just something I was telling myself for a long time I was like I was feeling so lonely in this journey, trying to find people more like me, you know, like my tribe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so frustrated. I was like, oh my God, like there is no one I can relate to. I felt super lonely in my journey. And then I was like, how do you want people to find you if you're hiding? Mm -hmm. So I kept repeating this sentence in my head, like every day, you know, and then it gave me permission to go to the beach and dance. You know, I was doing like weird stuff or scream or just being my weirdest self and by weird I mean just like just being me but the yeah. things I <laughs> like you know hide and be in the closet and then I would like being seen in that I also repelled people that at the end of the day I'm really glad that they left my life because like they had nothing to do in it and mm -hmm. also attracted more people like me like that's how I found my tribe but I had to have this leadership in myself being the leader of myself like I'm gonna step up and and allow myself to be seen and it doesn't mean being seen on social media just being seen in your expression like the way you talk the way you interact with people the way the way you are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I I really enjoy this what you're sharing because I was talking about looking for permission slips earlier, but I feel like you were actually a huge permission slip in sharing my butt, which I actually did really recently. And that was, <laughs> I went through so much of that. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to share a picture of my butt. And I was like, I have like a juicy booty. So I was like, Oh man, this is like super out there. And uh, like, that was, that was only recently, like within like the past couple of months. But then I was looking at all these other girls who I, I don't think anything less of or like I'm actually like every time I see their booty I'm like oh yeah 
Woo! You know, clap it. I'm like, yeah, girl, like you be on the beach. You do that. Like wear your bikini, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you were totally like one of the permission slips for me and like sharing my butt. It's just hilarious to me hearing you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that's part of the magic. But you know what? I also, I really want to touch on that now that we are in this topic. I realized that in the beginning, you know, that was a very scary move for me. Like I was still fresh in allowing myself to be public, publicly sexual, to be in my sexuality and my sexual expression and being in my body and showing people like, you know, I actually love my body. I'm actually good in my body. And I actually enjoy like moving my hips and being sensual. And because it was all fresh, like it was scary to, to, to share it with the world and to be seen in that. So when I got reactions and I didn't get like a bunch of it, but the one I got were really hurtful and I took it almost personal, especially like coming out of years. If, if you listen to this podcast, you know, but I, I've been going through a lot of slut shaming at a very huge scale during my life. So I was, I was like, it, it was re-traumatizing in the beginning. And I realized like, and it's, it's not just for sharing your butt, it's just for sharing your expression. People get triggered because of their own thing. It has nothing. Like I realized I had to remember that it has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me sharing my butt, but it has to do with how comfortable they are in their own body, in their own expression and being okay with it, being a hundred percent okay with that. Cause when I, like prior to my sexual healing and all of that, like I would see the expression of some girls that I'm like, oh my God, like she's such, you know, it would be super judgmental around other women in their expression. And this is amazing actually, because it's a clue that you have some stuff to heal and to work through because I would never get triggered now. Like, I mean, I'm, I can be triggered by many things, but not for someone expressing them, themselves sexually because I've done my healing and I celebrate sexuality within me. So of course I see it in other people and it brings the same thing. I don't know if you can also Peyton relate to, to that, but I think I really wanted to share that for anyone like still in the early stage of this process or someone that will get some sort of reaction for coming out of the closet and expressing more of your feminine side, your pussy power, your, sexuality your everticism all of that jazz yeah I definitely relate and um I think that even if it's like not even like sexuality like just on the entrepreneurial path I feel like I've lost so many friends along the way because it's just like people are really triggered to see you stepping into your power and like I was talking about earlier like when you stop being a victim you'll probably also lose a lot of people because you probably bonded with a lot of people who were really enjoying that part of you who maybe fed into your victimhood or like wanted to like felt needed by you and so I mean yeah people are going to get triggered (laughs) no matter what the fuck you're doing (laughs) even if it's not sexuality based it's just people got their shit I got my shit (laughs) 100% so I think it's time that we wrap this episode together. I could like 
speak about all those subjects and I have so many other things I wanted to touch on, but I really want, before we close this podcast, that you share with us your offer, the Pussy Portal. Oh, yes. So it's pretty much an accumulation of a lot of the things we've talked about. It's basically my sexual healing journey, but contained into a nine-week offering. We're going to do embodiment ritual, like pussy gazing and really connecting with our yoni. And we're also going to be doing a visionary portrait of our pussy which is when I say visionary, it's kind of allowing yourself to develop that clairvoyance and really seeing the worlds that exist within your body, the temples, the heaven, the, the beauty that's within you. We're going to be doing that. And we're also going to be exploring and diving into the shadows too, do, doing the, the shadow work I, I described earlier in this, but in a, a group container. And I am offering t- uh, 10%. I believe that's the discount I gave your audience. If you if you use the code LIKA, all caps, L-I-K-A, you can find more information on my, my Instagram, which is temple of enchantment with underscores in between. And all the links will be in the show notes. Anyway, I think the Pussy Portal is it's exactly everything we talked about is the mix between the spirituality, the creativity, the sensuality, the inner work, transformational mm-hmm. piece. And yeah, I think every woman needs that medicine. As you mentioned it before, like your art is, is medicine. You use that um, word a lot. And I do think the photo mm. is Epic medicine. If you were to say something to your younger self, like a one-minute message that you could send, like a like a capsule, a time capsule, and it will land in the hands of your younger self when she was in her pain the most. What mm. would it be? I would tell her. Yes, keep calling on your angels. Keep praying. They are real. They hear you. They're with you. And life gets better. It gets so much better. And everything that you've ever desired is within your reach. All the the mermaids, the angels, the fairies, they all exist. And it is just so available to you right now. The life that you want is going to be available to you and you're going to make such a huge impact. All of this is going to make a lot of sense one day and you're going to be so grateful for this experience. I promise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your presence and the beautiful medicine and quotes that you delivered today. Mm. And Thanks for having me. It's been so fun. Yes. So again, all the links to find you will be uh, in the show notes. And I encourage you to dive into this beautiful world, Temple of Enchantment on Instagram, because this is the best medicine. (laughs) Mm. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Sending much love to all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more free resources, online courses, spiritual events, coaching containers, and deep initiation work, visit my website and let's connect on Instagram.